Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. It's Talk Radio to Thrive By and a very interesting day today. I am so excited uh, to be talking with Dr. Connie Zweig, and we're talking about the inner work of age shifting from role to soul. Another fabulous book, another big conversation for the time we're living in. Uh, and thank you to our friends at Galaxy Media and Management for, again, bringing somebody forward that has written a book <laughs> that's more about what you do in life, changing in life. And by the way, crisis in life. Benny, how you doing? Jamie, how you doing? It's great to have you both here on this beautiful day. Fabulous month September is. Did you know that this is uh, National Self-Help Month? I do Benny. now, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. I try to strive to do that all year but long. It, but... It's also a bunch sure. of other things. And one sure. of the things that it is, and this is so important to say, there's just so many things that we can talk about. You're going to hear us talk about September throughout this month and what it brings forward. You know, it's also, you know, celebration of, you know, the Latino and all of us in this month. We're going to talk about that. And more importantly, it is the month about self-help. And self-help is one of my favorite topics. This show was based on the underpinnings in 2004 of a crisis, a, a medical crisis that hit me. And I never thought for a million years that, one, I would be doing this show for more than a year back then as it was cross-busting your way to an awesome life. I didn't even know that, you know, when you are struck with something that is so unexpected, and I have to say many of you are right now, you know, I know the world we're living in is shifting and changing, but it's especially important for us to look at the inner work of age. And this is what Dr. Connie Zweig talks about, the inner work of age, shifting from role to soul. And what is it about this shift that enables us right, for all of you out there, enables us to come forward even more powerfully than we've ever been before. See, this is going to be my message now as I move forward through this year into 2022. This is the message for me. I've had every year I've had a message, right, Benny, something. Like today, we call this Terrific Tuesday. And there's a reason we do. But what if you are this person and you are Dr. Connie Zweig, a retired psychotherapist, former executive editor at Jeremy P. Tarcher Publishing, columnist, Esquire Magazine, contributor, LA Times. Why am I saying all this? Because, you know, here's what I want you to know about Dr. Connie Zweig, right? And here, Dr. Connie, this is what I want you to know. When you have gone through and have been part of all of this, and that's what I'm talking about. 
when you have been initiated into elderhood as a certified sage in leader, if you have been her, can you imagine what you've seen? Can you imagine what you know? You know, in the world we're living in, we call it, right, Benny? Trending. But what is it about being on the threshold of seeing all this and then deciding, I am going to say something about it. And you write a book like the one that she has written, this brilliant book. I got to hold it up if I could. I know, Jamie, you got a cover of this here. See that right there? Okay. And so what is this about this? That when you get to certain parts of this book, you just it's bone chilling because you say, what? Life-changing illness is divine messenger. Yes. Yes. Retirement as divine messenger. Uh, amen and hallelujah, sister. And we go through and I go through the book and I'm reading the book and I'm saying, yep, that was me. Yep, that was me. Oh, wait, that was me. But more importantly, let's get down with the dramatic consequences of the inner ageist. Dr. Connie, great to have you on the show. Thank you. What a great intro. It's great to have you here. And the reason I like this is because we are dealing with, how do I say it? I think when you get to the point that you've gotten to and that I've gotten to, you've pretty much even eaten the burnt toast. <laughs> That's my metaphor. Uh, you've eaten the burnt toast. And what I mean by that is I'm here today with you probably because of almost everything that you've keyed on. How did my retirement or how did my job loss after 25 years, how did I make a shift at that point? You know, what was it that got me back in school? It was all divine because I could have never orchestrated those events in my life myself. And I want to ask you this question. You have done a lot of things. You've seen a lot of things. You know a lot of things. You've published a lot of things. I got to ask you this. What are some of the greatest challenges? What are some of the greatest obstacles that you, Dr. Connie, personally had to overcome to bring you here to this very moment? What a great question. Nobody has asked me that, Pat. Um, you know, you. In, in 72 years of life experience, you've seen it all. And um, like our listeners, I've experienced a lot of struggle. Um, I mean, I'll acknowledge as a white woman in the West, I have a lot of privilege. And so I haven't experienced certain kinds of deprivations that many other people have. But I have had my own share of suffering and trauma and loss. Um, I'll tell you the most recent experience that brought me to write the book as I began to think about retiring from clinical practice after 30 years in my late 60s, um, I began to feel disoriented and kind of lost. And um, it surprised me because I've been doing so much emotional and spiritual work for more than 50 years, my whole adult life. So I didn't anticipate this. And I began to do research about this stage of life 
and what it's about. And I began to read and talk to people. And what I discovered was that there was very little literature um, from the point of view of the unconscious mind, the point of view of the shadow, which is my expertise, my earlier books, Meeting the Shadow and Romance in the Shadow, were about how we work with our unconscious fears and beliefs and fantasies. So I was kind of shocked to discover that nobody had really written about that in the context of late life. And that nobody had really written about the spiritual potential of this period of time, except from one tradition or another. There were books about from a Christian perspective or a Buddhist perspective, but not my perspective, which is more sort of um, ecumenical, non-denominational and mystical. And so I kind of began to realize that there was another contribution for me to make. And that oriented me to a new purpose. But when I began teaching workshops, I found and I, I met hundreds of people in their 50s, 60s and 70s and 80s. I found they were all feeling this disorientation, that there was no guidance for them as, as I felt for myself. And I called that a late life identity crisis. Yeah. That once again, we're asking, who am I? Yeah. The essential spiritual question that is timeless. And why? Why is that coming up? Because our roles are falling away. So everything that you named about me and my story is a role. It's not my essential identity. It's not really who I am. Yes, I was a publishing editor. Yes, I was a journalist. Yes, you know, I was a psychotherapist. That's not who I am. And besides, those are all gone now. Those are fleeting. So who am I really? Mm. And so the shift from role to soul, which, by the way, is a phrase that I borrowed from Ramdas, the spiritual teacher. I oh, love, yeah, no yeah, kidding. I didn't coin the phrase. I want to give him credit. Yeah. And so that shift, you know, I had read those words decades ago. And they stayed with me because they identified something so profound. Yep. So here I was losing all my roles. And who am I? came up again and I deepened my spiritual practices and I recalled role to soul and I recognized that that was a teaching that many people could intuitively understand the need to shift our identity from our doing to our being from our achievements to our essential spiritual nature so that's what the book is about yeah I wanted to ask you that question because when we come back from break, we're going to dig into something that I got to tell you, I'm fired up about, you know, we're coming to the end of 2021 and people say it's September, Pat, it's not the end. Well, no, it's not. It, it is, but it's a pivotal moment in the year when we go through the fall equinox um, you know, people always ask me, what's my favorite equinox? It depends on what day you ask me. You know, I'm a December baby. So anything around December, you know, I get fired up. But fall for me 
is this time that I reflect on my life and the major transitions, Dr. Connie, you just talked about, these are the times of major transitions. Whether you're taking your child back to school today for the first time in 20 months, you drop that kid off today and you watch that child, that teenager walk into the schools and you thought to yourself, is she going to be okay? Is he going to be okay? But yet in your life, you look at your life straight in the eye or you don't. And today's show in the book that you've written is literally a dissertation on how to look life straight in the eye and know you're not done. You're not done. And in some cases, if you're Dr. Connie or you're me, you're fired up because you're just beginning a new chapter. There's a new chapter. And today's message is our theme as we move into next year for everybody. What will your new chapter look like when we come back? Dr. Connie Zweig is going to take us through this. The book is fantastic, by the way. You know, it's another one of these books that come across my desk for some, you know, just some beautiful way. I think Gail, um, who's been my friend in this arena since I started the show. Um, when we come in, I want to talk with Dr. Connie about everything, the light <laughs> and the dark. I want to know, like, divine illness, illness of the mind, depression and dissolution. Why? This is National Suicide Awareness Month. My mom committed suicide. Pretty wow. much my other sisters as well from drugs and alcohol. When we come wow. back, this does not have to be your story. And we are dedicating an entire network as we move forward to this message of rising up. When we come back, Dr. Connie has nailed it. Stay tuned. We're going to take a short break. Everybody we will be right back. Sometimes being human has its challenges. Our physical health falters, our spirits sag, our dreams don't immediately come to fruition. Welcome to the power of Maximum Medicine Radio. Join me, Doc Martin, in conversations that will blow your mind about healing. In our hit show, Doc Martin addresses the scientific with bridging to the mystical approaches to give you a new narrative about Maximum Medicine. In this live call-in show, we will journey into the extraordinary genius of the human body and talk about other beliefs that impact being your multidimensional self. We seek the seen and the unseen and explore the earthbound and the otherworldly, all with the purpose of calling forth the maximum you. To learn more about Doc Martin and Maximum Medicine, visit www.SharonMartinMD.com. Join the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie show. Tune in each month as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia Stephanie is a spiritual teacher, passionate speaker, published author, and founder of the Empower Network. Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. For more information, go to CorneliaStephanie.com. Are you ready to invest in your best self? Join Sabrina Wright as she shares tools for creating joy and balance in your life every single day. Sabrina is here to help you become your greatest advocate and empower you to make decisions that will help you live your best life. 
The Live the Good Life Show, connecting your physical and spiritual self every second Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Find Sabrina at the right, W-R-I-G-H-T, balance.com. Are you ready to get big and live your life out loud? Tune in to Get Big Out Loud Radio, exploring life through the lens of curiosity and compassion with me, Carrie Knudsen, joining Dr. Pat live every second Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I will offer ideas to transform what you are thinking into conscious action. If you want to get big and live your life out loud, visit me at KnudsenSpeaks.com. Are you ready to find out who you really are? Are you ready to have fun and listen to the soul part of yourself? Indulge in a deeper meaning with Laura Goldstein, host of Coffee with the Universe. This show will awaken that true self hidden deep within you and will get you energized on who you were created to be. So go ahead, grab your cup of joe and experience Coffee with the Universe with Laura Goldstein on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's so great to have you all tune us in and turn us on. Dr. Connie Zweig is my very special guest today. You know, um, first and foremost, a messenger. And the messenger comes through loud and clear in this book, The Inner Work of Age, Shifting from Role to Soul. See that? And I think Jamie's got images she's putting up on Facebook. Um, the reason I love this, and for those of you out there that want to find out more about Dr. Connie, go to Dr. You can go to Connie'sWeig.com, Z-W-E-I-G, and it's Connie'sWeig.com. And Facebook is Dr. Connie'sWeig, and YouTube is Connie'sWeig. And you know, if you go to Twitter, it, Twitter, it's Inner Work of Age. But more importantly, please get a copy of the book, uh, the inner work, uh, uh, the inner, the inner work of age shifting from role to soul. And you can find it, I think, on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Indie Bound, a bunch of other places, books a million. But the point is this, this is a message for all of us. We've just gone through 20 months of unprecedented questioning. And once upon a time, when we talked about age, it had a number. Now that has shifted. It's less about a number and more about an awakening. Dr. Connie, great to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Thank you, Pat. Thanks for the opportunity. I got I to gotta start out from the beginning, but I really want you to roll with this. I have found that the inner ageist and I'd love for you to tell people what you mean by that. But the inner ageist could cause either the greatest awakening in our life or the greatest closing down in our life. Do you know what I mean? I do. All right. And, you know, that had to pop up for you as a way to say, I've got to tell the world about something. Tell us about this paradoxical thing we called inner ages. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, we live in a really ageist society in which the institutions are biased against older adults. And we can see it in the healthcare system during the pandemic and what has happened with nursing homes and even that this week during the hurricane. And when, and you hear comments about the value of people's lives in these crisis situations because they're in their 80s or 90s. 
And we live in an ageist culture in many ways that doesn't have elder voices engaged and valued and represented. We have, um, we all become seniors when we turn 65, but we have no idea what it means to become an elder. There's no rite of passage, there's no guidance. And so we're swimming in this ageism from the time we're children. And as children, we're absorbing it unknowingly. We're taking it in and we're internalizing it, even in a parent's gesture, like my father's condescending comments or my mother's comments about her mother. In a glance, in the way that, um, in, a, in a subtle attitude. So we start picking it up when we're little and we carry it with us through the lifespan. Perhaps we have an experience of ageism in the workplace. And so by that point, we've internalized a figure, an internal figure about old age that is unconscious, that is outside of our awareness. And, you know, my work is in the shadow, the personal unconscious, and it's about how do we make that material conscious? How do we bring it into awareness? And I do that through what I call shadow work, which is a way of forming a character or a figure with a very specific inner dialogue, image, feeling, and physical sensation. So the inner ageist is that shadow figure that's primarily unconscious, that carries all those negative messages and glances and feelings and beliefs from our institutions, from our families, from our education. And we don't even know that it's there, but here's the thing. There's a psychologist at Yale named Becca Levy who has spent her whole career, many decades of research on internalized ageism and the effects that it has as we age. And what she has found is it has cognitive impact hmm. on the brain and memory. It has emotional impact on mental health. You mentioned depression in older people. Well, let's stop there for a moment. If we believe that we are only what we do, we are only the provider or the CEO or the therapist or the doctor or the secretary, and we are no longer doing, then we begin to feel useless and worthless. And we stop accepting ourselves and valuing yeah. ourselves. So of course there's mental health consequences in older adults. It's epidemic. Opioid use and alcohol use is epidemic in the older population. Why? Because we've internalized these messages that we're no longer, no longer valuable. We're dependent instead of independent, mm. right? Yeah. We're, we're irrelevant instead of contributing. We're, um, our appearance has changed. Perhaps we're no longer handsome and beautiful. So all of that, that messaging from this youth worshiping culture 
has been internalized and carried with us. And now here we are. And we're living with that. And if it begins to run the show, if it begins to control our feelings about ourselves, our thought process about, you know, what is this time really about? It's about nothing. I have nothing to contribute. Then, of course, there's going to be mental health consequences. Becca Levy even found impact on longevity. People who had positive images of old age internally lived longer. Yeah. Had a stronger will to live. Had more impulse to ask doctors for medical interventions. Many, many consequences of the inner ageist now confirmed by research out of Yale. So, you know, my my focus is on psychology and not so much the research and the biology and the um, neuroscience, but it's more on how do we feel about ourselves and how can we make a difference in that? Mm -hmm. How can we move from self-rejection to self-acceptance? How can we move from um, devaluing older people to valuing, I like to think of every elder as a library, like you were saying, yeah. the tremendous amount of life experience that you and I have had, how do we contribute that? And you and I are blessed because we have, you have your show and I have my writing. Yeah. And, you know, I feel incredibly grateful for that. But many people don't have a voice. And in our generation, and so they 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 may get depressed, they may stagnate, they may get bitter, they may feel regret. So in the book, there are very there are a lot of tools and practices to begin to repair the past. Yep. People want to give and receive forgiveness at midlife and beyond. There are tools to deal with. Um, what we're talking about, harvesting the wisdom of our lifetime, such as a life review, which for me was a profound experience. It really surprised me when I did that practice. Yeah. Um, there are tools for uh, the inner work of retirement, how we face that transition from the inside out, not just from the outside in about finances, but really, what is the psychology of approaching and choosing retirement? Um, and you mentioned illness. So there are tools for using shadow work and meditation as we become ill or as we become caregivers for someone we love yeah. who is ill and how to deepen that exchange, how to let go of the roles and really move into a more spiritual relationship in, in those during those challenging moments. And there are a lot of meditation practices in the book because I found that many people in my generation started meditation in their 20s and dropped it in order to build families and careers. And they want to return to it now. Yeah. And yeah. before the pandemic, baby boomers were just rushing to the meditation centers to learn new practices. Yeah. So there are, there are lots of practices in the book. 
and discussion about how to find one that will work for you now, how to find the lineage that speaks to you and the practice that fits who you are. Yeah. And I want to really comment on that. And first of all, let me thank you for really doing what, what I call a, a very personal human invitation for people listening, because everything you've mentioned is uh, a turning point, a tipping point, I think, as Jean Houston, you know, says it's a tipping point. It's a moment in time where you get to confront yourself. And even if it's for a nanosecond, as you look yourself in the eye, you get to confront yourself and confront yourself deeply. And, and the tools that you've talked about, and especially the way that you've guided people through it in the book, it's really brilliant because what we're saying now is here we are, and we have to do a review of your lived and unlived life. We have to do a review of your lived and unlived life. But at the same time, there is certainly a way in all of the practices you've put in here, everything that you've put in the book, gives us a guidepost. It gives us a pathway to rise up. And this is the key thing for me. You know, it's an interesting journey when we talk about ageist. Uh, you know, when you're young, you're too young. Right. Uh, Jessica sits in the room next door. She is my predecessor. When I decide to move off to my personal platform and not be the so CEO of the Transformation Network, this will be Jessica's role to play. And I've watched over the years this brilliant woman. Right. We get on a call and I've watched what happens to this brilliant young woman who joined us at age, I think, 21. And I watch what happens on that end of the spectrum, how people can literally look at folks at that age in the way they look at people that are in their 60s and 70s. And I look at this and what I realize is that the work begins for us to really face ourselves, life lived or unlived, to face ourselves regardless of what that number is when we come back. We're going to talk with Dr. Connie about what we need to do to release the past. I cannot tell you, Dr. Connie, how many people really close to me in my life now have made an enormous shift. My best friend is one of them, the woman that actually booked this show. And it's happening in such an interesting way. But at the core of all this, for me, when we come back, what does spirituality got to do with it was that a tina turner song benny <laughs> i think that was a tina turner song What's love what does do spirituality got to do with it <laughs> let's take a short break when we come back maybe the and by the way that's the new tina song that she's doing if you've seen the docuseries benny short break jamie short break we'll be right back Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Steffen each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. 
Welcome to Soul Activation Podcast, a world-class broadcast of insight and inspiration with the renowned healer and coach, Suzanne Alexandria. In this series, she dives deep into the magical sea of you, to the place in you that's ready to activate. Tune in live every second and fourth Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Stop circling around difficult issues and find out what's been holding you back. Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. Tune in to the show Heart Change Consciousness with me, Dr. Trish DeRocher, as stories of inspired activism come to life. Listening to conversations with your favorite authors, change makers, and many more who practice inspired spiritual activism and transform vulnerabilities into sources of strength. Let's be inspired together through my show, Heart Change Consciousness, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hi, I'm Patricia McNair, host of Divine Guidance with Patricia, and I'm here to help you live a more authentic, spiritually connected life. Join me every first and third Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Being who you are in everyday life is the key to unlocking soul wisdom within that our whole self already knows. Get ready to embrace your spiritual, mental, and emotional well-being, your whole being. Discover your gifts and strengthen your connection to spirit. We will explore earth guidance, divine truth, and love, past life lessons, and so much more. So listen in to Divine Guidance with Patricia and join in your personal adventure to triggering, opening, validating, and being all that you are. For more information about me, visit divineguidance.earth. You're driven, and it totally shows. Your career is taking off, you're killing it in the mom game. But did your health needs make it on the plate this week? Tune in to the Boss Up Babe radio show, where Carissa Adkins helps babes show up, boss up, and thrive. Every second and fourth Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Become the boss babe you were meant to be. To sign up for one of Carissa's group coaching programs, visit 365dailyhustle.com. That's what I'm saying. And by the way, let me give a shout out to Tina Turner. For those of you out there, if you have not watched what I call the docu on Tina, I think it is called Tina. It's beautiful to watch, but it's raw. And this is what I was saying to Dr. Connie Zweig joining me here today, that when you watch that version, that that Tina version, you just wish you were in front of you that you could hug her. You're seeing a different Tina narrate this than the Tina that you saw on stage. Well, I love that was the best concert I think I've ever. Well, let me let me rethink that. But <laughs> close to the best concert I've ever gone to was Tina Turner, as she called it, her comeback, what it wasn't really. 
And today, that's what we're talking about with Dr. Connie Swat. We're talking about the inner work of age, shifting on role to soul, because a lot of people feel like they are done, their lives are over. And, you know, Dr. Connie, what you've done is you've given us a pathway to really look at what I call instantaneous transformation. And I call it that, and here's why. Because within us, each of us has the ability to shift on a dime, as my mama used to say. We could go from my life sucks today to I'm having a great day. We have that ability. But there's something that happens in the shift from role to soul that requires a bit more introspection. And I want to ask you about this question. It's introspection, but it's also courage. It's also a new way to ramp up our ability to move beyond resilience. And I want to ask you about that because part of it for me was a struggle early on until I captured what spirituality got to do with it. Can you talk to that? Because that's throughout your book. Um, yeah, so... You know, with celebrities and rock stars, um, we imagine that we know who they are, but they're in a role, you know, they, when they go home to their families, they're not the person they are on stage. They're not the person we read about in the tabloids. They, they go home and they become perhaps more authentic. They take off the rocker or the celebrity um, robes and they relax and they drop their guards. Some of them may lose touch with their authenticity, but some of them may be able to kind of really slip into what you're describing, the rawness, the nakedness, the vulnerability. That's true for all of us. All of us have been wearing a certain mask, a persona that we need in order to operate in society. In psychology, we call it the ego. And we need that ego to operate, to get around yeah. and to build the foundations for our lives. But then at a certain point, if the ego remains in charge, we miss out on a deeper opportunity. We miss out on the opportunity to let go of the ego's agenda and to really connect with and be guided by a deeper part of ourselves. Some people call it intuition. Some people call it higher self. Some people call it the God within. I don't, the language isn't relevant to me. Yeah. What I'm saying is that shift from role to soul, that shift in our identity with our identification with who we are is the purpose of later life. Yeah. And all of the religious and spiritual traditions have taught that every single one of them, the ones that have a monastic stream teach, you know, okay, now it's time to go to the monastery and be contemplative. But even the ones that don't have that teach, now is the time to slow down and self-reflect, review what we've learned, right? 
and give something back. And even if we only give back to our own grandchildren, or if we have an avenue to give back to the common good, even better. So all of that, as you said, requires intention and attention. It requires time, get, having the time and the space to actually repair the past, which you brought up, because a lot of older people are nostalgic about the past, um, living in the past, and scared of the future. What does that mean? Where does that leave us? We can't be fully present here now if we're caught between the past and the future. So it's incumbent on us to do the work to let go of the past. And so, you know, as a longtime psychotherapist, I gave some practices in the book for how people can do that on their own. I can also suggest that if you are still really struggling with some issues or suffering from a trauma that you find a therapist now. It's not, it's not too late. It's a perfectly nope. good time to do that. Nope. And the other thing then is spiritual development. So there's completing emotional unfinished business. And then there's completing spiritual unfinished business. And what do I mean by that? Because I had never seen that written out about anywhere else. What does that mean? Well, we're carrying around these beliefs about life, about death, about afterlife, religious or spiritual beliefs that we're not even aware of. Here's an example. One of my clients was doing Buddhist practices for many years. But when we started to kind of dig around in his shadow, what, was, what he was really believing, he was scared of going to hell from his Catholic childhood. So what does that mean? It means there are these layers in us of concepts and beliefs that we've internalized, like the way we've internalized concepts of old age we spoke about in the last segment. Yep. We've internalized concepts about God and the divine and death and reincarnation or heaven and hell or whatever it is. And so it's time to kind of re-examine those and the images that go with those because the images of the divine operate on us in the same way as the images of old people affect us. Yeah. If we have an image of a wrathful male God and we're afraid to be punished. And that's kind of what we've been carrying around all our lives. As we approach death, that's going to have an impact on us. And it doesn't have an impact on us. And, you know, I want to talk with you about this because it really points to the fact that you and I are here and we're here at a very important time and have gone through the shift from role to soul. I go through it at least once a week, to be honest with you. Um, you know, one of the things I look at is, you know, what is the inspiration that calls me forward every day? And what is it then if I were to compare it in the outside world with what the world would see me as, correct? Uh, we would have a complete disconnect. It would be a jar. It would be, and this to me, and I wanna, I would really love for you to talk to this. 
you know, there are folks, and I don't, I don't really care what age you're at. You know, there are folks that are highly creative. We were given this gene. We were given this ability, this spiritual creative ability. Einstein talked about it at nausea, although nobody listened to him at the time. Jung tried to talk about it and so many others. Campbell as well. But, you know, here we are today and we are at the pinnacle of opportunity. All of us are at the pinnacle of opportunity to really move in to the unlimited possibility, potentiality, and power of the soul role. And that's really what I'm about. And you know what the network is about. It's really inspiring that in all of us. And that's what I was struck by as I read your book. I read it and I got to some points in here and I thought, wow, man, that that's, I know somebody that's 30 years old that would look at this and be like, okay, that's, that's a good, they're at that now, because I think what's happening, and please comment on this, this is comment, what's happening is we've been speeding up, not age, but the ageist in all of us. It's been, it's this past 20 months has caused something to shift in people that it would have taken them 20 more years to really get that level of awakening. There's a new awakening now, and it calls for a new level of spiritual dialogue for people so that everybody knows they have unlimited potential. And I wanted to ask you in this is you're talking in the book about a call to age into awakening. And I will tell you that that is a very, very powerful invitation, you know, including the little story about the rainmaker, right? <laughs> Isn't it this time for all of us, whether it's the dark side of the moon version of this is how we did it, or Tina's maybe last farewell, I don't know, or each of us realizing that whatever we think we are, we're more than that. You know, um, although I've been doing meditation for 52 years and almost never missed a day, I am acutely aware that now is the time even more to dedicate to my practices. And I know a number of people very intimately who are in high levels of consciousness, high stages of awareness. So I know the possibilities are very real. So for me, what I wanted to share in the book is that this stage of life is not without purpose. You know, what Jung said was um, the afternoon of life has a different meaning and purpose from the morning of life. If we continue in the afternoon to live the purpose of the morning, then there's damage to our soul. So this is, this is like, a, you know, a two-liner that sums up my book. There is damage to the soul if you continue to live as if you're still young, as if you're still driven, as if you're still in midlife, as if you're still um, um, hurried and distracted and pressured and stressed. There's damage to the soul because the time now is to slow down and our bodies give us that. Our bodies naturally slow down. 
they, they give us the opportunity to build a natural monastery, right? And to turn within and to focus on our practices, whatever they are, could be centering prayer, could be Zen practice, could be chanting, could be Christian prayer, could be Jewish prayer, could be Buddhist mindfulness. I don't care. The point is, find that thing that is your refuge, that gives you refuge, that quiets your mind and allows you to really tune in to that still small voice that has guidance for you from within and wake up to that. What is it telling you? Is it telling you it, you need more time alone or you need less time alone? Is it telling you you need to stop or is it telling you you need to be with your grandkids or you need to volunteer for that charity you love? What is it telling you? And so bring that internal guidance to your outer work and build that bridge between the inner work and the outer work. You know, when we were young activists, I was at UC Berkeley for a long time, we were not self-aware, right? We were motivated by anger and projection and, you know, right and wrong. And we're not those people now if we've done our work. And so our activism and our service come from a different quality of awareness. And that's important as elders to bring that to the world. I saw this week that Jane Fonda, who's 83, started a new organization with Bill McKibben, the founder of 350.org, in order to gather elders to fight climate change. Yep. And it's called um, Third Act. So how fabulous is that? So whatever your call, whatever the divine messenger is calling to you, in order to be able to hear it, you need to slow down and listen. And that will allow you to move through denial, through the inner obstacles, which are kind of the body of the book, get through the inner obstacles and emerge renewed as an elder. But as you said, it, it takes inner work. It's not yeah. automatic, yeah. like a Medicare birthday. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I'm so glad you brought up Jane Fonda. I mean, um, one of the greatest moments in my life was actually meeting her at an event where we were activists for, uh, and it wasn't that long ago for, you know, the rights of women in so many ways. And, you know, this is a woman, this is what I love about Jane. I mean, we were at different types of protests, but clearly we know what it's like to be arrested for something that we believe in, right? Jane was arrested for a climate change strike. Uh, on the Capitol. And I think that was not last year, but right before COVID, like in 19. And so this is her third act, which is very powerful. But I am so glad you brought this particular thing up because I know we got three minutes left. But here is the misunderstanding, the misstatement and the misrepresentation. Just because you're Jane Fonda and you're 83, 
right there with Tina, I think. It doesn't mean that you stop living. See, and this is what we're fighting in the world. You know, you may do it in different ways. You may do it and slow down a bit, you know, from when you were. And that's probably a good thing, because if you were me in the 20s and 30s, oh, my God, don't even go there with that. I never stopped. It didn't matter. 24-7, softball, beer drinking, showed up for overtime after coming in from a club in New York, sitting at the water fountain. I'm telling you, honestly, this is a time for us to slow down, but not slow up. What do you think? Well, it's it's okay. So let's clarify what I'm saying. Perfect. Um, because I think there's fear around the word slowing down. Oh my gosh, yeah. And I think there's there are differences between introverts and extroverts. So what I hear is you're probably much more extroverted than I am. So, you know, introverts will want naturally want to use this time to go within and recharge and find guidance and expand their spiritual development. Extroverts will naturally want to go out and serve and give their gifts and build their legacies in the social political sphere. And both of those are fine responses. What I'm suggesting is that we can build a bridge between them. In the 60s, there was no bridge. There were the meditators and there were the protesters. What I'm saying is we can build a bridge between our inner work and our outer work. Yeah. They're both so necessary. Perfect. And one alone is not sufficient. I love it. I want to thank you for today. Please tell folks how they can find out more about you, how they can get a copy of the book. Thank you so much, Dr. Connie, for today. Thank you. The book is available everywhere books are sold. And if you want to, you can email me, ConnieZweig at gmail.com. I'm giving lots of online workshops. So if you're interested in my teaching, just shoot me an email. Thank you, Dr. Pat. I love it so much. And, you know, last question, personal message. What do you want to leave us with here? Um, the treasures of late life are really, really precious. But we can't find them without a map. And so the book is a map for you to find what you're looking for if you're longing for more knowledge, more contribution, more meaning and purpose in this time of life. It's my offering to you. Powerful, powerful. Dr. Connie's wife joining me here today. Please, everybody, the inner work of age shifting from role to soul. Powerful. You see it across the board with people that have found that inner place in themselves, that spark in themselves, that way to shift to that amazing soul place. Thank you, Dr. Connie, for everything. We're going to take a short break, everyone. Much love to you and Gail. Uh, we'll be right back.